0: So I meant to talk about the justice system a bit on my Kim Potter episode yesterday, but I forgot. So I'll just add the stuff here. So there's a famous saying that a grand jury will indict a ham sandwich. And I have a friend, I mean, she's older, she's in her 70s, and she actually enjoys jury duty. And one time she was, whatever, she got got on a grand jury, and she really liked that. Like a jury, like you sit there with one case and I think it goes on and on and on and it's really boring. Whereas a grand jury, I get—I think you just hear a bunch of cases like one after each other and you get to vote on it. So she enjoyed that. But so the thing that I've learned um, watching a lot of legal stuff in the last couple of years is that the power is in the hands of the state. Like Kim Potter, uh, she probably didn't deserve what she got. We don't know her sentencing yet. I don't, think I, I don't think I mentioned this either. She can get it up to 15 years, or the judge could just give her probation. Probably, you know, it's, it's political. It's political. Does the judge want to get death threats? So she's probably going to have to give her a good number of years. But in any case, when when the DA wants to take someone down, they usually can. Like There's two things about juries that kind of suck, or whatever. Or whatever. They're not how they're supposed to be. So, the first thing is that, you know, so you're innocent until proven guilty. But basically, juries, you know, jury members, they walk in there, they think you're guilty. You know, like, why would you be there? Why would you be charged with whatever if you weren't guilty? So, they just, you know, they they come in there thinking you're guilty, even though the judge will tell them. You know, the judge will, judge will specifically tell them, these people, this person is innocent. And the jury's like... I believe you, Judge, they, they're, they you know, while well, they shake their head no. And the other thing that ain't what it should be is beyond a reasonable doubt. Like, I've heard different lawyers say, like, beyond a reasonable doubt should be, like, you're 95% sure. Or maybe even 99% sure. I mean, just, like, absolutely sure. But, you know, your average American is not good at math. They can't do percentages. And basically, beyond a reasonable doubt is, like, they're pretty sure, you know, You know, they should call it. you got to be pretty sure. You know, pretty sure. I mean, if they really went by the beyond a reasonable doubt thing, like 99% sure, uh, people would be getting off, like, every time. And so, I mean, some of this kind of doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you got someone who's guilty, who cares if an innocent person never could have won? Because this is a guilty person, and they couldn't win any either. And, you know, to steal a man... The other uh, side of the story, I mean, I'm sure this comes down on black people a lot. Like, I don't know if it comes down the most. In the past, I'm sure. hundred years ago, I'm sure it came on, down on black people the most. But, um, basically, if you're a poor black person charged with something, uh, you're going down. And these jury trials, like, you know, these yeah, these jury trials where they, like, whatever, the interesting ones that I watch on YouTube, and they take, like, three weeks with a week of jury selection, and then two weeks of... Argument and blah, blah. I mean, I don't know how much they cost, but I think it's, you know, it's like a hundred grand or maybe maybe more, quarter quarter of a million even. I mean, judges and lawyers ain't cheap. And then the defendant has to pay for their own lawyer. So that's not even in, in that number. But so, because court cases are so expensive, almost every convicted felon, uh, they did it to a plea deal. Like, if every criminal said, I want a jury trial, then boom, the whole court system would grind to an instant halt. Like, they cannot, you know, they can handle maybe, you know, one in ten cases or something. So, they'd have, ni- you know, nine times as many cases as they could handle if everyone wanted a court trial. But they don't. And the reason why you can get a plea deal is, uh, people know they're going down. You know, just, you know, just because you get a trial doesn't mean you're not going down. And, uh... So, and, you know, they they, they can uh, they can really stack up the charges on you, you know, like you, whatever. I mean, you've seen it. You kill someone, oh, it should be one charge of murder. No, they got, like, three charges of murder, two charges of manslaughter, and 17 different types of assault on there. And so what they'll do is be like, we're going to charge you with everything that we can possibly throw at you. You're going to get a 300-year sentence, or... If you plead guilty to, you know, manslaughter 2, you'll be out in 15 years. It'll be awesome. And so, people plea at You know, people plea. People plea. And the other thing I kind of learned was, like, you know, to get a public defender, it's not as easy as you think. In fact, whatever. The state does not want to have to pay for a public defender. Like, they really, really, really do not want to have to pay for that. And so, they make it very, very difficult for you to get yourself a public defender. Like, if you're homeless, I think you can get one. But, you know, like, if you own anything, then you have to sell it. You know, if you have a house, if you have a car, I mean, hell, if, like, virtually anything. I don't know. Clothing, I don't know. I don't know if they make you sell your clothing. But if you got a house or a car, you got to sell those things and pay for your own lawyer. So basically, either you're homeless and you can get a public defender, or if you make yourself homeless by selling everything, then maybe you can get a public defender. So you can kind of see why people will take a plea deal. You know, they ain't got much money, but they got too much for a public defender. Uh, Now it's just you and someone, some DA telling you they're going to send you up the river for a long time or else just plead guilty to this little thing and uh, whatever. Don't pick up the soap. So the anti-woke part of this is that basically what's been happening, like I think, you know, cops, cops and DAs, they're friends. I mean, they're on the same side. You are like, you know, if you're, someone does get a jury trial, some murder, we'll just use murder because that's, that's the fun one. Um, you know, you're probably going to have some cops testifying. You know, you're, the DA is trying to put away the murder. You're going to have some cops testifying. So basically, you want to be friendly. You're friends. I mean, hell, you might, you know, you might uh, buy them buy em a bottle of scotch at Christmas time or whatever. And so generally, basically, the cops get off. Or, you know, maybe the DA would give him a very minor thing or whatever. I mean, if I was a DA and my friend committed murder, I would just let him off, like straight up. Or if it's like, oh, well, people are going to come down on me too hard, then I would give them the absolute minimum. Because I like my friends. I'd do anything for them. But like this Kim Potter trial, if you don't know what that is, got to listen to the previous episode, but... Kim Potter and Derek Chauvin, that was the George Floyd one. Um, basically, the the motivations changed. Normally it's the DA loves the cops, but now it got political, and so it was like, whatever. Either the DA can make a name for themselves by uh, taking down a cop, or uh, someone above the, you know, some politician above the DA told them they had to do it. And so, long story short, like even like the Derek Chauvin one with that nine minute video, it wasn't actually that clear cut. And the Kim Potter one, I think, it was decided wrongly, but uh, whatever. Some political pressure came down and said, we got to send these cops up the river. And so they did. And, yeah, you know, this was a white cop, black person who got killed by a cop. Um, I think cops are going to be whatever. If their job involves them dealing with black criminals, I think all across America cops are going to try and get the hell away from black criminals because they know if it's caught on video and it gets political, they're going down and there's nothing they can do. So anyway, you know, so once again, whatever, like, I want to help black people. Let's send these cops to prison. Oh my God. Now no one will go into the black neighborhoods. It's all, you know, you always get the exact opposite of what you want or not everyone does, but in these, in these racial issues that are based on a a lie, I I should remind people, black lives matter is a Based on a lie, it's a conspiracy theory. Anyways, it ain't going to help no one. Or it ain't going to help the people you want to help. Some cops will go get a job in the suburbs and be like, Damn, this is sweet. And that'll be the only people that get help. Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. And thanks for listening. Whatever. Things that I remember are just coming to me. It's not coming to me in the order of whatever. But this movie, it could have been like PG. I think, it's, I think it's R. I'm not sure. It was kind of interesting how they made it R. Like basically, they had a PG movie, I think, if it is R, and then they just threw in a few things here and there to make it R. Like I think you know, the the old idea was you had an R-rated movie and you would cut things so that it was PG or PG-13. But this movie, like, it doesn't have the F word that much. But they, I think, they throw it in just enough. I forget. There's a rule, like, how many? I think you can say the F word once or three times or something before you automatically get an R, and I think they just, you know, they go, they go just, just to that. And then there's also a scene where it's kind of like showing, you know, people think they're, you know, all across the world, people think they're going to die, so maybe they go, whatever, you know, what's the last thing you do if you think you're going to die? And so then just, there's just like a split second clip, like I pause it, I pause it, I rewound it and paused it, because it's, it is less than a second long. You know, it's probably less than a half a second long of just two people having sex and uh, whatever. A smoking hot Asian chick, topless. And you know, it was for purely for scientific research purposes that I went back and double checked that was what I saw. But it was just kind of weird. All right, and then uh, every once in a while I say what's going on in my life because I have a friend who listens to this and he likes to hear it. And right now, it is snowing. I think we got maybe seven, eight, eight, right, eight inches of snow. And where I live, that's a lot of snow. We don't, we don't get snow here. And I think they're calling for another eight inches, so I'm going to have a foot, foot and a half. And so I was trying to create myself some gaiters, you know, those things that like keep the snow out of your boots or whatever. And uh, so I made some gaiters out of some plastic bags. Basically, I just put some plastic bags over my feet. And uh, boom, fell on my butt. It hurt. The reason why plastic bags cannot be substituted for these for store-bought gaiters is that plastic bag makes the bottom of your foot too uh, slick, too slippery. You got no traction. So I cut a bunch of slits in the bottom of these plastic bags, and we'll see how that goes. Twitter handle at religion of woke, and thanks for listening. And another thing I should say is that it's like. It's almost two and a half hours long. And this one, it didn't bother me, but that is that is something this is just about movies in general. I absolutely hate how long movies are getting. Like when I see a movie's like, you know, 90 minutes long, I'm like, sweet, you know, I just start the movie and I see it's 90 minutes long. I mean it might even be like, oh, the first five minutes don't grab me. I might keep watching a little longer, because it's it's only gonna be a ninety minute trip if I if I can find some enjoyment in it. But this one was long and uh whatever it kept going it kept going it didn't run out of steam really on the other hand I mean you need to be two and a half hours I'm sure you whatever whatever the I don't you know I don't know what part of it was the worst half hour but if you took out the worst half hour you would have had a nice tight movie (laughs) nice and tight made me think of something else never mind Uh, And I just remembered uh, Adam McKay, the director, he did Anchorman. That's a movie. I didn't like that one that much, but that's a movie that a lot of people love. And again, that was one of his early movies when he was doing straight comedies. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that time when I fast-forwarded. This is not really about this movie. This is about movies and TV shows in general and just how they drive me up the wall. Like, I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Like, when just people are being so stupid... You know the characters are being so stupid in a TV show or whatever—it just it makes me feel uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Now I think half my audience is a little too young for this, but uh, a good example of this is an old TV show called *Three's Company*, and it was about a man who lived with two women, and he had to pretend that he was gay because the landlord didn't want a straight man living with women, and so it was kind of like. I mean, that, you know, that part or just something else. Every episode was about some misunderstanding. And the misunderstanding would just go on and on and on. And it would, you know, until, you know, after the, at the end of the show, the misunderstanding would be resolved. But it's just, it was just ridiculous. Just having a misunderstanding and then everyone like, you know, just saying exactly things the wrong way, which keeps the impression going. I hate that. It makes me uncomfortable. That's not a very good explanation, but basically things that make me uncomfortable or something that I hate in my TV shows, like I don't know, I don't know if you ever saw the Louis C.K. show, Louis, Uh, I hated that show, like, you know, it's supposed to be hilarious, but just there's a lot of comedies where they curb your enthusiasm, it's like, they're funny, like the jokes that happen, you know, every three minutes there's a joke that is truly hilarious. But, you know, in between, the three minutes in between each joke is just total uncomfortableness that I hate. I don't know. Go watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. You'll get what I mean. Kind of like George Costanza from Seinfeld, although that part was actually fine. But if you made him a little worse, then, you know, George Costanza is based on the Curb Your Enthusiasm guy. So you just make George a little worse and then it just makes me uncomfortable just watching someone go around being a whatever drives me off the wall and uh, you know whatever I like talking about myself so another thing that I don't like is okay so here's what happened one time I told my buddy I don't like sad movies like my buddy he loves whatever movies that are not happy and so I once told him that I hate sad movies and he just Whatever, he would not let that go. For years and years, you fool, why don't you... You know, this idiot, he doesn't like sad movies. But I realized, it's not actually sad movies that I don't like, it's depressing movies. So like, you know, a movie, if you have a movie and then like, you know, they die at the end and you're just... There's just tears, you know, hopefully, if if the movie is good enough, there's just tears streaming down your face because it's so sad... I actually love that kind of movie i mean it's a rare movie that can do that but if it can do that if, it, if a movie can make me cry i absolutely love it but what i really hate is depressing movies like uh, there's a lot of like gangster movies like a movie that people love that i hate is um goodfellas so the first half of goodfellas is about like a a young guy who makes friends with a mobster and he works his way up the you know, Chain of Command and the Mafia. And I love that first half, it's great. And then the second half of that movie is like, they start selling cocaine, they start doing cocaine, and their lives just go to total crap, and, you know, and then their marriage falls apart or whatever. It's just depressing, and I don't like watching that stuff. So some very good movies that people like, I hate, because they're depressing. So I watched Don't Look Up, the movie uh, last night. Figured I'd do a review of it. It's related to woke stuff and anti-woke stuff. But first off, there's going to be spoilers. So, whatever. I'll talk for a little bit without spoilers. But, you know, get ready to stop if you care. So, the first thing to say is that I finished it. I watched the whole thing. I think I fast-forwarded about 20 or 30 seconds at one point. But I didn't need to do any of that. And I'm a weird movie watcher. Like, I don't like movies as much as... A lot of people, like a lot of people, will sit through a movie that ain't that good. Not me. And in fact, even good movies, if it doesn't grab me in the first, I mean, I you know, I give maybe a movie like five minutes, five to ten minutes, and if it, if I'm not already liking it, then I turn it off. And same thing with TV shows. So like all the latest TV shows and all the latest movies, I probably watch the first few minutes of them and then. Maybe, you know, it's rare. Like 1 in 20 or something I actually watch. 1 in 50. It's Probably more like 1 in 50. Now, just because this is one of the super rare movies that I actually was able to watch uh, doesn't mean you'll like it. But uh, I thought it was pretty good. And it's also, I mean, it's it's woke, but, uh, you know, the wokeness didn't bother me. I guess, you know, the the, the general recap is that an asteroid is going to hit the Earth and then, like, the people, you know, the scientists who discover the asteroid... Have to go and convince everyone to... Whatever, you know, send nukes up and stop the asteroid or whatever. And it's a comedy. It's... You know, it's not like... It it made me laugh. It made me laugh out loud. You know, like, chuckles. Not like, ha! You know, not crazy loud laughing that wouldn't stop. But, uh... Whatever. Noises came from my mouth that sounded like laughter. And I... I think maybe... Maybe about 15 times. Which is pretty good. Like, the funny things are not hilarious... But they're not stupid, which is nice. and And there's a good number of them. All right, so here's the spoilers. Um, although I'm not really getting I'm not gonna, i ain't gonna give no play by play of the movie, more of like a political analysis of it. But so Adam McKay is the director and the writer, and he's pretty hot stuff. He did um the big short and some other ones. Like he's one of the few guys who can make like an adult movie today. And he makes they're like dramas with some comedy mixed in like they're not Well actually I don't know I think he did I think he did Talladega Nights. He did I think he did a bunch of stuff with a uh, what's that guy's name? I think it's Will Ferrell. So when he was earlier on in his career he did like straight up comedies like Talladega Nights. I haven't watched that in years but boy I thought that was hilarious. Like there's a scene where they're doing a Christmas dinner and so they got you know they hold hands and do a prayer and like you know, somehow it had been brought up that you do a prayer to Baby Jesus, and Will Ferrell was like, "Dear six pounds, eleven ounce Baby Jesus," that was a funny joke that I remember from it. And it's and you know, and that movie was not being mean spirited towards religious people. It was, but it was funny. It was good. And that's basically how this "Don't Look Up" thing is. It's uh, it's uh, kind of making fun of. Trump supporters basically. It's making fun of people on the right. You know, people on the left are good, people on the right are bad, but it's not mean spirited about it. At least mostly. And so basically the idea I guess I'll just get it out of the way here. So the right McKay, the writer, he he wrote it to be about climate change and how if you don't believe in climate change, you're stupid. And he wrote it in twenty nineteen, so it's before the pandemic hit. So, like, he wrote it. I don't know when he filmed it. Maybe during the pandemic. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know everything about the um, production of it. But, anyways, he wrote it about climate change before the pandemic hit. But when you watch the movie, it's just exactly about the pandemic, you know? And, like, you know, if you don't believe in, yeah, whatever, you know, making fun of anti vaxxers, you know, you get the idea. Everyone on the left is good, everyone on the right is bad. And it just it just fits the pandemic to a T. So it was interesting. That was the most interesting thing. So, like, you know, I was, I was listening to Science Friday, NPR, and they were doing a scientific take on it. And they're like, okay, we're about to do spoilers. So I stopped listening to it. I went and watched the movie. And then I went back and I learned that it was about climate change and not the pandemic. And I didn't know that. And the people on Science Friday are like, yeah, like, you know, you watch this whole thing, you think it's exactly about the pandemic, but apparently it was about climate change. But you know, same idea. Left good, right bad. And it's got a cast of whatever, super duper famous people. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio is the star of it. What I wanna say about him is he's like, I don't think he's handsome. I mean, you know, I'm not good at judging men. I mean, if I was a woman, I would F Leonardo DiCaprio in two seconds. But that's just because he's like this world famous, super rich, you know, icon. Not because his face is actually that good looking. So I don't know. But anyways, in the movie, everyone's like, wow, you're so good looking. I, basically, I just don't get it. And then another star is the girl from the Hunger Games movies. I can't remember her name offhand, but um, super, super famous actress. Anyways, she truly is like the hottest hottest thing walking, and then in the movie, it's like, I mean, they give her kind of a funny haircut, and then, whatever, people are not falling all over themselves about how hot she is, so, it's kind of like, whatever, you know, whatever, I guess you write the movie, uh, maybe before you get the actors, Meryl Streep plays, she's not really like Trump, I mean, uh, she's like the Republican president, who, uh, is just a, whatever, only cares about herself and getting reelected and you know basically doesn't care about the people at all but she's not like a you know like I say it's not that mean-spirited could have been more mean spirited made her more like Trump she wasn't exactly like Trump it was more like a critique on how politicians are evil in general as opposed to Trump in particular or some black guy black actor who is like a super-duper scientist and I have seen him before I don't know his name he was good I mean, that was kind of interesting. Like, the movie's almost all white people. You can't have a movie with just white people, or at least that's frowned upon. So, they had a black guy in there, and uh, I think they chose well. They chose a talented black actor, and he did a good job. And I don't know, I, there's no point in going through them all because I can't remember their names, and I don't have the list of names in front of me. But basically, just tons of famous people, and they all do a pretty good job. So, a couple of the bad things about it was, like, one of the, one of the, things that kind of keeps happening is right like you know they're like we're all gonna die in six months and people are like whatever not believing them oh you're that's a hoax whatever that's fake news so they go like on a morning show actually they talk to the president and the president is like basically not believing them i mean you know eventually the president believes them but the president is just not believing them and it it was grating on me this is is one of the things i didn't like and this is just kind of it didn't go on for the whole movie, just for part of the movie, but, like, you know, they go talk to the president. You go talk to someone, and you're like, here is the proof that a comet is going to come and destroy everyone. It's like, even Donald Trump, Donald Trump, who is obsessed with himself, right? Like, if he finds out he is going to die himself in six months, his ears are going to perk up. And so, like, they go to the president, and the president is like, almost doesn't care, you know, just cares about the midterms or something stupid. Then they go to this morning show, and the morning show people are like, oh, there's an asteroid that's going to hit it. You know, oh, is it, is it, is it going to hit this one house, this one particular house in New Jersey where my ex-wife lives? Anyways, they're making light of it. That part was good. That was a good joke. But it's just like, whatever. That was when I fast-forwarded. I only fast-forwarded to like a minute or something. But um, just the idea that when you tell people that they're all going to die in six six months... And they do kind of believe you, but they just, I mean, whatever. It was just grating on me to just have this idea that people don't stop and go, wait, what? I don't know. Just overplayed it. Like, people don't care. People don't. And I guess that was the climate change thing. Like, if it's the pandemic, you know, even if you're on the right and you're about to not want to get vaccinated, your ears are going to perk up. You're like, oh, my God, you mean I'm about there's about to be a a vaccine mandate Or if you're on the left, you're like, oh, I need a vaccine, but either way, your ears are going to perk up. And I guess this is coming from the climate change thing, where it's just like you tell someone, and then they just, they don't care, and they just keep going on, and they're laughing, and they're giggling, and they're keeping it light. And so, what I actually did, is I fast-forwarded two minutes, because I was just getting annoyed at them not taking it seriously. It was just so ridiculous. And then, two minutes later, they were taking it seriously. So I went back one minute. So I only had to skip... One minute total. But basically, just the idea that people don't take it seriously, that was like a joke. And boy, did they take that thing far. I mean, just many scenes of the movie. Just how far can you take the joke of people not taking the fact they're gonna die in six months seriously?